When I was growing up, I knew someone who was attending seminary at the Lutheran School of Theology in Chicago. And once when she came all the way up to northern Wisconsin, little small town of Tomahawk, to visit her family, she happened to tell me that some weekend I could come down and stay with her and she could take me on a tour of the seminary. And it had just um, been not that long since the new bishop of the ELCA had been elected to the office. The bishop of all bishops, of all pastors, of the entire ELCA, of, an, of all of the institutions and ministries of the entire ELCA. And she said that I could even come with her and tour the Lutheran offices in Chicago and hopefully even meet the presiding bishop of the ELCA himself. Well, you can probably imagine how excited I was as a young person in middle school to be able to meet someone so important as a leader in the church. Well, I was, of course, so excited. My eyes were so wide, they were probably about to pop out of my head. And I immediately went to go and tell one of our pastors, and this is what he said to me. Now, you have to just first imagine me as a middle schooler so excited to go to Chicago to be able to meet the bishop himself. And this is what my pastor said to me. He looked me right in the eyes and got down really close, kind of leaned in as if he was just about to tell me this most important truth. And he said, do you know what the bishop and I do exactly the same. And I was like, oh, no, what? Tell me, what do you do as the same as the presiding bishop of the ELCA? And he leaned in a little closer and he looked me in the eye and he said, he and I put our pants on the same way, one leg at a time. Now, I don't remember how I responded to that with my pastor, but I remember the dawning realization that started rippling throughout my mind after I heard those words. Those words to remind me that even though a person might have a high position, might have a great title behind their name, maybe has had a lot of experience, is in a really incredible place in their life. It doesn't make them any more important than any one of us, especially not even a wide-eyed, impressionable young girl such as myself. In God's eyes, all of us are important. If it wasn't for his words to me, I'm not sure if I would have ever come to fully see this perspective for myself, to fully be able to look out from that perspective as I went on throughout life. We grow up 
with having people in front of us, before us, who we idolize. It might be people that we hear about, we see on TV, or hear about through the news. It might be people who we have come to know throughout our lives. It might be the people that we look up to, admire, because of what they've done, accomplished in their life. It might be the people that we think have it all together, have it all figured out. It might be people who are in a high position or are regarded as having a high status or high wealth. But we need someone to help us to see from other perspectives in life. Because I'm not so sure that we can always come to see from a different perspective entirely on our own which gets us to our gospel passage for today, where we pick up with Jesus, who has been at the temple grounds with all the disciples around him. And last week, as we heard, he happened to notice all of the people who are coming through and giving money into the temple treasury. And of course, all of the people in long white robes, people of great importance, people of long, lengthy prayers, I'm sure you don't know anyone like that. And then here comes this widow who gives two small copper coins, all that she has to live on pretty much for that day. And he sees in her this generosity of spirit, this joy that comes from her, this desire to be a part of helping others helping others, the poor and the widows, just like herself, because she can. And Jesus lifts her up as an example. Not only does he notice her at a time in which a widow probably would have been unnoticed by everyone else there that day, but he affirms and he praises her actions helps us to see from a different perspective, hey? And then immediately from there, as he and the disciples are leaving the temple grounds, one of the disciples happens to look around and sees the magnificent stone, the large stones that make up this great temple building and gate and everything a part of it, every courtyard a part of that temple. And he happens to comment of how beautiful, how large they are. And you just know where he's going with that. You know when you see an arc, like an architecture, a piece of beautiful architecture, you can see the skill and the work and the craftsmanship that have, have gone into making that building come to be. And for them, the temple was also the holy place to come to, to be able to to be close to the very presence of God that was believed to dwell in the very most center of the temple building. And so there was all of that incredible meaning, incredible beauty and wonder at the size of all of that together. And... You know, in the back of a disciple's mind, it had to represent 
surely one of the things in this life that could never change, that could never be destroyed. And yet, we know nothing in this world lasts forever. And just as that was the second temple that had been built to replace the first temple that had been destroyed long ago in the days of the Old Testament under the Babylonians, Jesus draws really close to all of those disciples and to all of us to pull us in, to help us to see from a new perspective, to remind us that the presence of God is not confined behind walls of great stone and magnificent grandeur of even the most holy and sacred of spaces. Jesus draws close to remind us that the presence of God is always in our midst, especially in the most difficult and uncertain of times that we face. Jesus draws close to remind us that the presence of God is what helps us with the perspective that we need to be able to see all of life from. No matter what happens, no matter how bad things get, and no matter what tries to make us doubt. Jesus reminds us through these words, through the words to the disciples in that moment, that through him, we can trust that nothing will have the power to destroy the very presence of God. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love that God has for us through Christ Jesus, who makes life possible for each of us, life forever with God. And until that time comes, invites all of us to be his people, important people that we are, simply because we are gods. Each of us, who all have one thing in common, we all put our pants on the very same way, one leg at a time. Hopefully, you can always be open to whatever perspective Jesus puts in front of you, to be able to see life, any current situation or reality from, and to be able to see the world around us from as well. Because sometimes it's really easy to become set on the ways in which we've always viewed the world from, always thought about life from. And then what happens is we go along our way and we might miss what God is doing in our midst. Because you know, God always comes to us in the most surprising of ways, in the most unexpected of times, in the most unexpected of ways. And always when we most need it. Remember that. Remember that the presence of God is never confined to spaces. Remember that the love of God is not just reserved to the people of great importance or wealth, 
Because all of us are important in God's eyes. All of us are rich in spirit and heart. And remember that God is never done with us yet. And so, whatever this day, this week looks like for us, be open to the ways in which God is leading us to be able to be his people. Amen.